0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: time to fire up the grill
2: time to go to total wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers
1: Ooh, i love their beer
2: cooler (laughs) you love their prices even more wondrous selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices total wine and more 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more
3: oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball
2: uh what
0: Won't those repeat offenders please leave us alone? It's the Day Trippers. A scrappy three points, a last gasp, wonder save, a Jared Jared Lucas midfield axis and another orthodox football genius responsible for the win. Have we gone back in time? On tonight's show we're joined by a man who broke the cantometer on his last visit, that's Lee Mahadi, The self-appointed Simon Cowell of the Trippers complete with his obligatory high waistband, Phil Casey is in. Emerging from his hole we have the mole and we're finally delighted to speak to the Redman's anarchist-in-chief, Chris Pajak, a.k.a. Mr. Blood Red. Right, let's begin in the only place possible and reflect on the opening day victory against Southampton at Anfield. This was a far from straightforward win and the manner in which the three points were attained was not what some of the splendid pre-scenes in football had suggested it might be. So should we just be content with a winning start against a team that showed more ability and cohesion than their decimation might have led us to believe? Or is there a little bit of cause for concern after that game? Chris, could you start us off there please? Yeah,
4: of course, please. Um... I don't think there's any cause to concern just yet. I think there's still Southampton's still a well drilled football team, do you know what I mean? Pochettino was there last season. He did a bloody good job. Yes, we have ripped the heart out of that side. But there's players there who know what they were doing and I think that the decline has been Made a lot of it for no reason, do you know what I mean? I think Cooman's come in, it looks like he's doing a, 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 good, a good job, basically, mm. um, so far. But I think the, the way that they play football is really interesting. I think, you know, we play with a very high-pressing game, and I think Rodgers was probably a little bit pragmatic in his approach on um, Sunday against them. Because when we did press them high up the pitch, I felt they passed it around us very, very easily. Mm. And then they, they sort of cut through us, and that's when they sort of attacked us really well. So I think Rodgers was a little bit pragmatic. It's been a bit of a bogey team under him, Southampton anyway, and he's gone, do you know what? It's more important to get the frigging three points than score four like we did against Dortmund and, and get attacked on the break.
0: Yeah, and given that there was that, uh, I think he, I think a lot of people would row in behind you there and agree that there was caution on display. Given that, sh- should we just basically be content we've got three points on the board to open the season?
4: Oh, fucking right, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's... Um, it's one of them and it? it it was so nervous inside the ground because it matters so much this early on in the season already mm. and that's that's because we we know it's going to be tight this season and we know that if we drop points it's going to put massive pressure on us and i think that the crowd was nervous because of that but more importantly look we've got to get the three points and, and Rogers, in fairness to him did it last year as well we didn't start great we were pragmatic in the, in our approach at the beginning of the season and the fluidity and and, and we basically started dicking teams further further on in the season yeah. I think much the same will up again
0: Chris you, you were sitting there or standing there in the crowd um, I'm sure on the day it seemed really quiet at times and really edgy I mean basically if you were listening um, to the coverage I was listening to it was mostly Southampton fans you could hear singing there was that real tension. That, that 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 has been in in the ground before. Is that fair to say, or w- was it different when you were there? Live? No, no,
4: it was spot on to be honest, and and it was much the same for for a lot of last season as well. Yeah, um, I think it's we're not used to winning anymore, and yeah. and it matters so much to all of the fans that we do get that league title for the first time in how many years? Like that, we we just don't know how to deal with it. And to be honest, I was talking to Paul's dad, Paul after Redman, his dad was saying it was exactly the same when we were winning. He yeah. said you feel the nerves so much that It is difficult to get that a- atmosphere going Southampton fans though Fair play to them They came They fucking sang their hearts out They gave Lovren some stick yeah. a good set yeah. of
0: fans You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely Molly, wh- 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 where are you on, In terms of the overall feeling um, You got from the game uh, Happy overall Content overall Or was it more of a, 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 a Sort of a disappointment In the way that the performance panned out?
5: Well, for, for me, Trev, it's like a, like a plane landing. Every plane landing is a good landing, and for me, every win is a good win. <laughs> you know, so, so you can't really be, okay, we were a bit nervous at times, but I think a lot of that is uh, the players know themselves that they're up for another title tilt this season. In previous years, we might have looked at the opening game of the season and... Win and lose, it wouldn't be much of a big deal. There's still plenty of the season left to go. Yeah. But already, it's only one game in, and already people are talking about a title push. Which mm-hmm. should be crazy to think about it. But, you know, what we showed last season, that, that is why the talk is there. So, look, I, I was delighted to get the win. I didn't care how it came about. It was a, a scrappy 1-0, 2-1 victory or, or a 5-0 victory. Yeah. I didn't mind as long, as long as we got that victory.
0: Uh, you Basically, you'd take them all season if and, and accept the nerves once we get, keep getting the well, points.
5: How many titles have Man United won in the past with those scrappy one nil victories or yeah. last-minute goals and so on? So, most certainly, I, I don't mind how the win comes about. If if they come about like we did at times last season where we absolutely blitzed teams and won 4-0 and 5-1 and 6-1 and so on, fantastic. But if it comes down to that and we're just scrapping 2-1 wins, I'll take that every day of the week.
0: Yeah, bloody sure. Uh, Lee, Molly makes a very good point there, you know, uh, (laughs) we we should really just be counting our blessings. We're we're being considered in in, in the same kind of uh, level as
1: the elite teams now and and we got the bloody result. Are we really though? (laughs) If any of the punditry going around, like the likes of the Sports channels these days, is anything to go by, you wouldn't think we're being considered in that league at all.
0: You you you've picked up on that dim- dismissive thing, too, then, yeah. That the
1: dismissive thing. We've been completely fucking written off from all yeah. angles, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, sure. I think even like if you look at, I think if you still go to, you know, the odd bookie, like you're still going to find United are actually shorter odds on the title than we are. No, that's remarkable. <laughs> 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 fucking comical, <laughs> as that, that heard, is like but, uh, yeah. You know. Uh, I found a great deal of similarity in the opener to this season to the one last season. You know, like uh, a team from the upper mid echelon of the table with a new manager still trying to adjust to, well, not really a new way of playing. I think Koeman might have actually continued uh, Pochettino's uh, kind of way, his methods more more to the way, like more than Mark Hughes would have continued on from Tony Pulis in the previous yeah. season. But it ended like, you know, the, the the similarity was actually very striking. You know, like it was a hard-fought game. We were made work for the three points, mm. a winning goal from Sturridge and uh, an intervention from Mignolet at the end that quite, well, that, you know, let's call it what it was, he actually did save us the three yeah, points absolutely. despite the fact that he was rather nervy nearly the entire game. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, it, it, seemed, uh, it seemed like we were going to start the same way. We didn't exactly come out of the traps very early last season and it seems like we're still sort of, it'll probably be, you know, we'll probably be going through all the lower gears before we actually get going in this season as well. Like, and, but with a game as big as City next week, it's a little bit of a cause for concern. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't call it too much of a cause for concern, but I think that... Uh, I think Southampton were probably more value for the three points on the day than we were. I think we really stole it, to be honest.
0: Yeah. felt a lot of symmetry there, as Lee says, between the first match of last season and, and the, the first one of this campaign. Um, and the key... Person involved, the key two people are are Danny Sturge and Minile. I want to talk to you about Minile. He was probably our most important player. It's arguable, isn't it, on the day.
3: Yeah. And like going back to the, you know, I, I said this to you uh, last last Monday when, when we recorded that I thought this was going to be a tight game, um, and I think most people who, who who look at our opening day form for the last ten eleven years, mm. they, we we've rarely won by more than one goal, and um, we've struggled to win our opening day matches. That's only the fourth time we've won our opening day game in, in eleven seasons, and um, so you know it, it, we always we, we have in recent history struggled to win our opening match. Um, and that's even coming off seasons where we finished runners up or, you know, challenged for a title or even come off the back of, of Europe or whatever it is. It, it, it's a mad stat that, that, that's actually there. But, you know, when when I think back to the game, everything that, you know, could possibly go wrong on the day almost did um, mm. in, in terms of what was there. There was a questionable selection. There was, you know, um, a mistake that led to their goal. We let them back into the team. We dropped their tempo. All that type of things. But in, in, crucially, Crucially, we won that game. And as I, 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 I said it last week, it didn't give a fuck about the performance. We had to win that opening match. With the two games in front of us, we had to win it. It was a win at all costs and we won at all costs. Mm. And a huge thing for me that 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 was something a little bit different to the, to the way we won games last year was we managed to score in the second half of the game we pull the game back to us as well you know after Lucas was taken off Gerrard becomes more influential on the game and you can actually see it. there's, there's a thing of, I'm, going, I'm linking into the pod tonight where it actually shows the average p- p- position of the play over 90 minutes and I sent it to you last night and it's very in- intuitive when you see where it is mm. and Gerrard becomes a, a huge focal point from about the 63rd minute on which is when Lucas goes off the actual pitch and it just changed the, the, our shape we become a lot more compact and we, we, we play a lot better it looks like that we play a lot more passes through the midfield that we had been up until then, um, so you know, there's a lot of good things. But Minulay, to me, uh, uh, listen, the guy, I questioned whether he long term he would he would do it because he'd have to step up a gear again. And I was I, I was delighted with his performance. I was absolutely delighted. I, I, I know Lee said you know he, he looked a bit um, dodgy, or whatever. But it, to me, it wasn't. The guy came for everything. Last year we we said you know he was hesitant to come out for crosses. He came for every cross. Mm-hmm. And as a goalkeeper, you don't have to catch the ball. You have to get a tell and touch on it. You have to change the direction of the ball. If you change the direction of the ball, every Every player is going for the ball in one direction. If you cha- make the slightest touch on it you can take it off a player's head and he did that on a couple of occasions. He got a great punch where he actually got a free against him but called out and his saves, uh, listen he's, he's elite class when it comes to shot stopping in, 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 mm. in the world and, and, and you've seen it yesterday, the, the touch he gets on that you, you can only see it in, in playback but the touch is essential for changing the direction of the flight of the ball onto the underside of the crossbar
0: And for all the improvements that we made um, as you say in terms of the shape and Look, we're going to go on talk about talk about Lucas in the midfield and Jared and all that. But for all the improvements, that chance that they had at the end, that, yeah. that, that Schneiderland had at the end, oh, it's, it's I mean that save
3: is it's a stunning save. It's incredible. I, I remember I, I, when when they show it again and you see the touch. I, if Paul Brennan here, he was, I I was standing up going Jesus brilliant mm-hmm. you know it was, just, it was incredible and it, it's a real it's it's the same as, as the moment from last year against the Stoke game you know that's the penalty save and then the follow up save like the follow up save was just as essential in that penalty save against Stoke last year as the actual penalty save and that there there was also another save he made which is brilliant he was going the wrong way he came back it was another Schneiderlin chance at one all. the one down low to his right down low to his right Amazing and save. it's an incredible save yeah. you watch it back again his weight has transferred all the way onto his left foot yeah. and he has to get his body back down and holds onto the ball with, with a Southampton the player closer listen the guy had a, a, in my mind he showed he showed a new level to his game which wasn't there previously he still has issues with speed of distribution he still but even his mid range passes were a lot better than has been seen. He was hitting his full backs with the, with the passes to the halfway line. Mm. Um, and i seen as well at, at certain times in the first half when our midfield, before Lucas's legs going at about 30 minutes, we were pushed on a lot higher. And Mignolet's starting position was a lot higher than it has been. I could see him in the camera frame, which you didn't see him in the camera frame last year when the ball was in the middle toward of the pitch. And that's what
0: we were hoping for. Yeah. That's what we were hoping to see. Can't,
3: I want to see him keep that up now. If he keeps that up for the season, there's a chance this guy can go on to be a special goalkeeper.
0: And tell me about that the one in- I wanted to talk about as well the the high kind of floaty one that was looking like it was going to drop into the top corner now a lot of people were saying oh you should have held it but for me, that's a super save.
3: Listen, from from the reports that was there, it was a very swearly breeze in, yeah. in Anfield. Yeah. The ball was in, was, was, was and Chris, you can probably say if this was right or not, but the, the, the ball was in the, it was in the flight of the wind. So when it caught up, he wasn't expecting it to dip as much as it was. And mm. his readjustment of his feet and the way he dealt with the ball was, was exceptional because mm. he ends up colliding with the post. He catches that ball, collides with the post, there's a good chance that he drops the ball. Yeah. And because yeah. there's, there's no player around him, Somebody can just slot that ball home. Then at that point, he does exactly what you need him to do with that one.
4: No, that's spot on. I mean, I was right. I was right online with that free kick, and I was worried big time that he, would, he wouldn't would get across in time or he wouldn't notice that it, it did get caught up in the wind, and then, as you say, I think that's an absolutely great save, and that's one of the saves that wasn't picked up on in the media
0: Yeah, yeah. and Chris, again uh, as a man who's lucky enough to get to see it live, what did you make of the uh, the man making his competitive debut there Dejan Lovren, and his mucker there Skirtle alongside him, that, how did that look as a pairing for you?
4: Um, as a pairing, I I think they've got something there, I think there's something to work on, do you know what I mean? I think Lovren's a, a real big talk and you can hear him on the sidelines and that's something that we've obviously lacked, not just since Carragher but in the in the type of player that he is since hippie really more than anything because yeah. um, he's an organiser as well and I think he actually gave Skirtle a bit of his voice because was looking around and going, fucking hell, who are you? You weren't here last season. You are telling me what to do. Who do you yeah. think you are? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Skirtle's stepping up a bit because of that. And it's causing a little bit of a competitive rivalry, I think. And they're both front foot defenders, aren't they? And I like that about them.
0: Yeah. And
4: I think Rodgers is actually making every one of our defenders a front-foot defender, because from what I've seen of Moreno, he's exactly the same. And Mankilo looks to do exactly the same as well. Mm. Um, and I think that's more to do with how we defend. Um, the only thing I would say about Skerl is that I still don't think... We leave the two centre-backs exposed quite often, and he's not good in space.
0: Yeah,
4: um, He's good as a unit of four defenders. And it, whether he can adapt to that this season or not will, will remain to be seen, but Lovren was... How we dealt with that groch of a Pele, do you know what I mean? That, that you know, you hear the name Pele, never seen him before. You think little Samba skills kind of guy? No, <laughs> he's like a man mountain of a yeah. of a. Friggin tank yeah. playing up front, like, and you're like, Who the fuck's that? Like, yeah. that's Pele. You're having a fucking laugh, aren't you? That's not Pele. I
1: don't want to you know be a pedantic cunt yeah. I don't want to be the pedant there, Chris. But I think it's actually pronounced Pele. <laughs> I, I
4: don't give a damn right to him. <laughs> I don't want to be a. So I'll say it, I'll just
0: say it, it, and that's it. Uh, listen, listen, Lee just wanted to get his first. C word of the night in there. That's all right. Oh yeah. By <laughs> <right away. laughs> uh, um, the way, the guys either side of 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 uh, of Lovren and Skirtle, like, of course, talk about the two lads if you want. Um, but the guys either side of them, uh, Mankiewicz and, and, and Johnson. We can probably talk at length uh, more about Johnson, but let's focus on the on the the the, the young man making his competitive debut, uh, Mankio. Um How did you feel he did on the day?
5: Yeah, he had a, he had a tidy game. He certainly looked a bit gamey. Like he's the I, at one stage, I was looking at some stats over the weekend that he pressed for the ball like fourteen times compared to Johnson's two times through the whole game. Yeah. And Rogers' whole philosophy of the game is all about pressing for the ball and not giving the opposition time with the ball. So you can certainly see why he'd want someone like uh, Manquillo in the side. And what's really impressive is he, he's only he's only at the club what two weeks, probably. Had, couple of training sessions with the first team and he slotted right in uh, you, you could see that he is still a bit raw he is still a bit rusty but after a few games in that side he started, he's one to look out for
0: Yeah it, wasn't similar to the very first appearances we saw of of, of, uh, of Flanagan um, back in, in Kenny's time like just the enthusiasm sort of made up for any of the other shortcomings now there was he looked a little I think he got called a couple of times positionally but Jesus, as you say, he's gamey like he really does. He also anticipated a couple of very good ones too. There's definitely a player there, isn't
5: there? Yeah, it's a good comparison to make, actually, Flanagan. He reminded me a bit of uh, the way Flanagan plays. And plus, he he cut out something like three crosses coming into the ball. And our big weakness last season was crosses coming into the ball. Mm. And So like three crosses in one game is another impressive stat from the last. It's certainly a good game. And even going back to our, our other debutant on the day, Lovren, I thought he was sublime. I really did. He was absolutely fantastic. Mm. I know a few people were saying he could have did uh, more for the first goal that he should have been closer to Tadic. But if he was any closer to him, they would have had to have a civil ceremony. Honestly, he <laughs> was absolutely brilliant on the day. You know, he was so composed, <laughs> and his passing was fantastic. Yeah. You, you know I me. Mean? You're really nitpicking if, if you're saying things like that about him. I thought he. I thought he was brilliant on the day, and Mankylio as well. You know, he put in a shift there. As you can see, there there is a player in him.
0: Yeah, I, I heard a a few people talking about distribution um from Lovren. Uh, maybe Lee you might have taken this, but uh I want you to also look at the guy on the other side and introduce the topic, Glenn Johnson, for us as well, if you would. Um, and bear in mind, fella, you've already told us you have an
1: allowance, so
0: <laughs> here we
1: go. Oh, don't worry, I'm sure there's plenty of other words I can use. To describe Glenn Johnson, but like, so, uh, Starting
0: with Loverham, what do you make of his distribution and passing? I've, I heard it criticised by a few people in, 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 the, in the interim.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I usually don't want to be the one to come up with the unpopular opinion, but then again, you know, whenever is my opinion popular. So uh, I, I was actually a very harsh critical lover, and I actually didn't want him in the first place. To be yes. honest, I, um, I wasn't impressed with Southampton in general last season, let alone any of the individual players. But after he came, you know, I started to decide to focus on the positives and like, and uh, I found his debut with Dortmund extremely promising. Yeah. Uh, on the day now, I actually I would have said Skrettle was actually the better one of the two. I thought that um well, Skrettle obviously doesn't pass as well, that's plain to see, but I thought Skrettle came in for every ball that came near him with more enthusiasm and whilst Lovren's passing... him, like you know, I've got nothing but rank contempt ten for stats to be honest. But uh he did complete a great deal of his passing, but I also found that despite the fact that you know, an awful lot of them were finding a teammate, I kept I kept seeing like on at least three occasions he'd found a he'd found a teammate at a point where they would have actually been in trouble. He sort of passed them into danger, and I was yeah. I was a little bit critical of that. Yeah. And some of his clearances were a little bizarre as well. There was one in particular, I think, where him and Mignolet were shouting at each other over it afterwards. Like, he, he cleared it on his flank, right out to the opposite flank, past Manquillo for a throw. Like, I was a bit flabbergasted as to what he was doing.
0: Yeah,
1: But uh, overall, I thought he enjoyed a rather promising debut, despite the fact he was pretty much sold by Tadic for that goal.
0: Yeah. And, well, was uh, speaking then of a man who certainly didn't... Uh, uh, cover himself with glory in terms of stats, and I hasn't done for quite a while. What did you think of 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 Glenn Johnson's performance on the day? Was it a step up from the most recent bad ones, or down?
1: Uh, I don't know. Glenn seems to be at a, in some sort of competition with himself to see how see if he can actually play even shitter than the last game. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure what he's at. But uh, to be honest, Lu- Lucas and Lucas and himself competed to see who you know who could be the the bigger pile of shite on the day. But um, Johnson. I don't know what it is about him. It's it's not even that he's bad. It's the fact that he doesn't seem to care anymore. I think, like, you know, his standard run of play now seems to be just knocking it 20 yards down the line, like, miscontrolling it, getting dispossessed, and then jogging back in response. It's so frustrating to mm. look at. Mm. You've
4: seen him jog back? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well,
3: you know I'm, I'm We just trying. get
0: highlights packages, Chris. You know that's
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't see the off the ball stuff. Uh, generally he's not on camera, so it's a good good shout that he hasn't been jogging back. <laughs> yeah, no, I
1: found uh, I found Johnson to be uh, one of one of at least three players complicit in the equaliser. I thought that Lovren now Lovren actually does to in his defense does actually have to go and meet Tadic, but unfortunately if you come out there you get sold, you get sold. Yeah. But then there was also Lucas who completely just was clueless to Cline's presence and I also thought that when the ball got played wide right at the goal I think if Glenn Johnson actually makes any kind of effort at all to step across him he can prevent that shot. Yeah. So to be honest man his performance was an absolute zero. Awful.
0: Phil I'm going to offer you the the, the steaming plate of poo yeah. uh, and <laughs> feel free, free to just push it away and talk about Jared on the midfield if you'd rather. <laughs>
3: Um, no, I'll address the elephant in the room because it's, it's, it's 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 and I, I'll I'll be as liberal as I can. Um, I, I, <laughs> I <didn't> come back <laughs> to us. The, the thing that you find, you know, you, you always think of Glenn. When you think of Glenn Johnson, you remember his first couple of years at the club where he was an exceptional fullback, right? Mm. And then it's very hard to marry those couple of years with what we've witnessed over the last two years it mm. just does it, 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 even though he's gotten a bit older it doesn't seem to make make any sense that you can have such a drop off in form now on on um, Sunday like again he, he just did mad things just pure mad things and that's like it, it doesn't make any sense even with like, the goal yeah he, he he's culpable for I know that somebody was, he he was playing the ball on side as well for the one that, that Mignolet saves he's about 5 yards behind the rest and like Lovren is, t- is getting the, the defence up Even is reacting and coming up with him Manquillo is in the line and if you look he's actually 3 yards behind the rest of them. when the ball does come off the post he misses the initial header which allows Long to get the header away on the actual goal now it was only for Long's poor finishing on that instance that you know that they didn't score. I've um, seen him
0: praised for his intervention there.
3: And know, and, and, and in fairness, if you look at it, if you look at it briefly, you can say, "Jesus, he did well to put uh, put long off, mm. right?" But if you actually watch, watch the whole instant as, as it emerges, he misses a simple header he under no pressure there, as it comes off, brushes him away. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, the other thing, the other thing that, uh, and, and I think it, 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 it's interesting because Manquillo started off had 10-15 minutes where he was trying to find his way into the game, and Bertrand and Tadic really looked to expose him. But in fairness to the kid. He actually grew into the game as it went on, and by the end, by the time we got around to the second half, Southampton had focused on attacking down air right flank where Johnson was, as opposed to focusing on Manquillo's. And most of the chances were coming where you know they, they were looking for the pockets that Lucas and Johnson were leaving, or, or were or not, not not sort of defending correctly and looking to exploit it. And you know, the, 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 you know, it, it's it's a bit of cause and effect because because they look to do that, then those players get put under a bigger microscope. And because they get put under a bigger microscope, if they don't step up to the plate they look worse than they should necessarily look worse than. And, you know, take it, the, 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 I'm sure we'll discuss the decision in terms of the start 11 and, and, and even looking at the preview of, of next week. But you've got to ask yourself a question. If a guy is so far out of form, mm. at what point does he become untenable in the team? And I think yeah. we've we've reached that point a, a, a good bit at this stage. and And, and, and hopefully the signing of Moreno corrects that instance and I'm not, I don't want to get into, into a, a personal thing or a long diatribe about how crappy he was on the day but it's just there is questions there that he needs to look at himself and, and we said it two or three games into the preseason friendly he doesn't even look interested at this stage and I thought you know it's preseason season players can look disinterested but a league match opening mm. day of the season
1: you, you, there's, you, there is no way a player should look disinterested for the for those ninety minutes. Uh, sorry, Lee, go sorry go ahead. I just wanted to jump in there now. Just I made a particular point after the game and the gone there. Some people were even starting to say that Tadić was actually getting the better of Manquy. I, I completely disagreed with that. I thought he hadn't blocked off and well marked, and I also made a very key point of saying that the goal stems from Tadić drifting into the center. Mm. And targeting the right flank, the goal comes from the right flank. That only ever started to get any joy after he actually Moved after he left away from yeah. Ankeo And I think if you are going to sum up Johnson's form in a sentence, I think it speaks absolute volumes that the winger actually managed to realise that this a nineteen-year-old fullback was actually ha- was was less difficult to target than an experienced thirty-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous
5: yeah, in like. football. Yeah. Uh, do there, Trev.
0: Yep, Molly, please do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it,
5: it's just quitting uh, on the whole Johnson point. Like, I—I be honest, I had to go back to my Sky Plus box to make sure that I watched the same game as everybody else, because I actually thought Johnson did all right. Did he play a blinder? No, most certainly not. But there was a couple of stages like, he—he made one tattle inside the box. Uh, from I think clan. it was maybe War. Yeah, yeah from Klein, and I—I I have to say, I thought that was just as good as the the Mignolet save because that—that was goldbound. That was a fantastic tattle. I looked around to, to, to my young lad who was watching the game and said, oh mate, that thought was lovely. He said, Johnson, I was like, oh, no way. And okay, I know what Phil was saying about the, the header against Long, that he completely missed it. But he still put Long off. Like Long, he didn't have a free header by any means. Johnson was still there to put him off. If you if missed the header... The next thing you should be doing is putting the player off, and that's what he did.
3: But he he didn't well, even know he was putting him off, mate. That's the thing. It was it was by by accident as opposed to by choice. I,
5: I I don't buy that. Feel like as soon as he missed the header, you because as watching slow ball, his head turned to see who was behind him, and he saw Long was there, and kind of edged in towards, and to put him off. So I I think that was certainly done on purpose. He didn't have a bad game. I genuinely don't think he did. He, did he have a blinder as I said? No, he didn't have a blinding game.
0: Well, well Molly, uh, uh, this is interesting. Uh, as someone who's putting the case for for the defence, there, what do you like? Is it inevitable that he's going to start again the next match if Moreno comes in and Moreno shows any form? Phil's already saying that uh, maybe that means that we're looking at uh, our two new young fellas uh, on the flanks and w- with Flanagan to step in. Is that going to happen, or do you think is Johnson going to be uh, a, a starter? He seems to be under Brendan, doesn't he?
5: Well, it's a good question, Trev. Like, I looked at it and I thought to myself, well, Moreno isn't at the club that long. So will Brendan stick him straight in at left-back? And I thought to myself, no. But having said it, he did it with uh, Manquillo and Lovren. So there's no reason why he won't do it with Moreno to put him in at at left-back. So then the big question is, who goes right-back? Yeah, Will he stick with Manquillo or will he stick with Glenn Johnson? You know, and for, for the next game, it's against City... That's a big game for, for a young lad like McHugh who hasn't played a, a lot of games even last season to come in and face that. So it wouldn't shock me if if he started with Johnson next week, at right back and uh, Moreno on the left. And do you know what? I, I think he, deserve, he deserves a shot at it at the very least.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's interesting, Chris. Um, to move on, uh, move slightly up up the field a little bit, and the partnership that caused so much, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, moaning um, on the day and afterwards was the the renewal of the Jared and Lucas sort of partnership there in the middle, uh, with Henderson ahead of them. Um, it, there's been lots of talk about that in the past uh, and there's been lots of, I suppose, almost nasty stuff about, about Lucas Levan, his uh, his contribution of late as well. Now, without necessarily veering in towards that sort of uh, angle, how, how is, is that even vaguely tenable going forward? D- can you see Lucas starting again if there are options, for example?
4: No, no, not really. Yeah. Um, for me, that experiment has been going on for five years now and it hasn't worked. Yeah more than a handful of times um, they just cannot work together on the field I mean Lucas is better and you know I, I actually I'm a fan of Lucas but Lucas is a good defensive midfielder when he's on his own when he's got to actually think about am I going here or is Gerard? that sort of split second of trying to think what, what, what am I doing generally the attacker gets away mm. and and it, that's why it doesn't work for me. And Gerard, when he's given his own space, he can pa- he can spray the ball around a bit better. I was really surprised that we went with the two deep-line midfielders against Dortmund, and I was even more surprised that we continued it in this game, to be honest, because I thought probably we'd start the season with the diamond again. Yeah.
0: Um,
4: and I don't really know why we didn't.
0: And w- w- would you, like, given that we spoke earlier on about Glenn Johnson, how he's likely to start, he seems to be under, under Brandon, Um Jared also and probably rightly should will start more games than than, than he than he doesn't. He'll start every game that he's fit to play. Um if we take it as a given, he's there. Isn't it fair to say that he works better as a one there behind two rather than as part of a two uh, with, with a man ahead or even in the diamond?
4: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. look, you you know where you you know where you stand when it's just you doing the job. Yeah. You know, you've got no one to trust in. You, you just have to. If the ball's over there, you have to fucking go for it. Yeah. There's no like, oh, it is ten. Do you know what I mean? I'll just, I'll just sit off over here and wait for whatever happens. You've got to go for it. But I don't, I don't see Gerard as a, a defensive midfielder in the conventional sense. Anyway, I see him on the field as a deep lying playmaker. I don't think he's there to bust the gut like Mascarano and break up attacks. You know, I think that's what the the Jordan Anderson's, the Coutinho's, and the Raheem Sterling's do further up the pitch, yeah. and if their pressing doesn't work, then he has to come into it. But he's not the destroyer in the same way that Michael Ailey is, and he's never going to be that again.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 shouldn't be, I
3: guess. Uh, Phil, yeah. do you want to talk about that? I, look I, the, the lucas thing as as has been said has been done to death you, you don't need to go into it much the the, the axis doesn 't work between the two of them right the, I, and I was trying to think um what the logic in, in playing it was and the only way the only thing I could come back to and it's what chris said Lucas for me has 35 minutes in his legs, and if you watch the first 35 minutes of that game again. Lucas isn't sitting beside Gerrard in a two. He's pushed up into the midfield and Henderson and himself and Coutinho were almost like a tree in front of Gerrard pressing the the Southampton team. And we were much better at that stage and that's when we scored our goal and all. And and Southampton weren't getting the joy as they did between, say, 35 and 65 minutes. And his legs seemed to go at the 30-minute mark. And you can actually physically see it because his position on the the pitch starts to drop back and drop back. And it also drops, it also forced our defence back because our defence were actually quite high up until that point and they start to drift them back then towards their own box now what that has done is, is it's, it's attracted Southampton onto the team and that's when they start to get enjoy out of it now th- 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 it's it's a fair point that if, if you want to accommodate Lucas in the team it's either Lucas or Gerrard you can't play the two as, as, as has been well said and if you look at our run-in at, towards the back end of last year it's when we, we played Gerrard as the pivot there and then we played two players with legs be it Henderson be it Allen be it Coutinho around them right and if Emery Chan wasn't fit enough and going back to the Dortmund game people said that Chan may have picked up a small knock or whatever but what Chan is able to do and we were able to revert to that two in, the, in a defensive sense but when we broke with the ball he has so much energy like Henderson that he was straight away able to push into the, into the midfield with Henderson and they became a two in front of Gerrard so it prevented the other teams being able to get on top of us and allowed us to stay up much higher when we played against Dortmund and in fact most people were complaining that we looked a bit susceptible to the ball over the top Mm. Now there wasn't a ball over the top against Southampton this time because what happened was as soon as Lucas dropped because it was earlier in the game and they, he sat in beside Gerard. They had to go wide, and they had to go or play through through the centre, and that's what they started to do. As his legs really gave out, which was around the, as soon as the second half kicked off, the chap couldn't run. Mm. He couldn't actually physically get around the pitch at that stage, and you could see it at about the just before they they scored in the fifty fifth minute, from the, about the forty eight to, to the to the goal itself, he can't get across the pitch. He started giving away simple passes. He played in the lead up to the goal. He gave away the ball twice, as it was, and I, yeah. I, in a way, I feel a bit sorry for him because the way we play just doesn't suit. Lucas Leiva and his, physicality, his physical um, abilities anymore and a lot of that can be down to the injury and a lot of that would be waylaid so much if we if he was playing in a team that didn 't play with such a quick passing tempo that we play in, so you know it 's been well taught that a move to you know a move will, will suit him it probably will and he 'll probably look like a different player if he goes somewhere else
0: and to be fair he 'd also look a lot better if as you said, he was dropping in instead of Jared, but when you put the two guys together
3: there's, he, he forced competition it, for and space I, and I, like people were, have been commenting that jared didn 't have a particularly good game. I, you know, I think Gerard went looking for space. Well, mm. as soon as Lucas dropped into the space that he was naturally occupying for the last six, seven, eight months, mm. he starts going looking for space on the actual pitch. And often he he appears up in the right full position or the left full position because naturally he's been dropping in between the two centre backs. And Lucas was there instead, and the gap between what was our defence and what should have been our midfield, to Henderson, Coutinho, Sterling, and all, becomes much bigger for about 20-25 minutes in the actual game Mm. and that's like you know it it just doesn't work as a tandem we know it doesn't work as a tandem I think on the day maybe maybe Brendan would have been better served to play Henderson and um, Coutinho with Gerrard at the base of it if there was question marks around Allen or Chan's fitness in his own mind as opposed to putting Lucas in beside Gerard, I, see I think we may have got more over. because you could have then potentially started live or, or just done something different or even mm-hmm. starting Lambert with, with, with storage up front That's
0: even more of an issue isn't it when, when Coutinho's being smothered up the top of the field in that system uh, Lee uh, when Joe Allen came on I think it's fair to say that he, sh- he showed a lot of liveliness now he's not everybody's cup of tea but for me he looks a really good footballer and uh, a fella who's Happy to look for the ball and be on the ball and have the energy to do something with it. Um did he make did you feel he made a real difference when he came on and for you is he didn't the starter if 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 not fit in the next game? Uh
1: yeah, it's, um to be honest now, that isn't the first time that Allen's actually come off the bench and actually changed the game for the better. Mm. I remember sure I was actually I was at the I was at the the home game against Swansea back in around I don't know, March or February. Um yeah, Allen's inclusion absolutely changed that game. Like, yeah. You know, it's just uh, his energy. His energy, as opposed to I said like uh, just the the level of the level that he has in his lungs, the level that he has in his legs. It was just it was it was completely different as well. Albeit now the the fact that it was a good like about sixty odd minutes into the game and he was way fresher might have. Would have impacted it somewhat. But Alan's always actually demonstrated a great level of a great level of energy and diligence. Mm -hmm. Like I think there was, I think his uh, his inclusion actually it signaled an absolute sea change in the you know in the actual flow of the game.
0: Well, tell me, you hear a definitive statement like that from Phil, and he's not the only man to have said it. Where you can't play those two together, right? Many people have said that. Now, if that's the case, what the hell is Brendan thinking? What what is the thinking that like this is a very intelligent football man? what's there is it going back to the caution that the two lads on the line mentioned earlier on what's what's the driving force behind that
1: decision do you think um, to be honest, man, that that's something that to this day, like ever since the game actually was played, has continued to rack my brain, and I'm afraid I don't actually have a good answer for it. Like, there yeah. was a few people theorizing on Twitter and you know, and the likes that it was a shop window thing. If it was that, if this was like as many people theorize a shop window performance, then it was an absolutely unmitigated disaster, yeah. And you know, I don't really see like I, it, Roger sees these guys week in, week out in training, like, he's been Lucas Labor's manager for two years now, if you know. It should be conclusive to him right now is that if we can all see, like just just from watching the games themselves, that this axis does not work, then hmm. I don't see how he thought it would have, especially against a heavy duty duo who are actually who showed Rodgers exactly what a, like a midfield two axis yeah. was supposed to play like. Yeah, they completely smoked Coutinho out. They. Ah, oh, Charlton and Maniam are fantastic, like.
0: Yeah, I I think the time is long gone where people are like just being deliberately nasty. I mean, it's the rational people are saying it, you know as well about about that setup. Molly, talk to me about the 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 high point of the of the 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 whole midfield setup, which was Jordan Henderson, who was bloody immense uh, to be fair uh, not just that super pass that he played through but just the level of energy is unbelievable and some really interesting stuff coming out today about how he played through a lot of personal stuff as well and uh, just the guy's got tremendous character doesn't
5: he Oh he was absolutely fantastic in the day and that that, that assist wow that, that was really was something else like when I saw it in Ripley I was expecting it to be Coutinho that has played that ball Yeah. But when I saw it was Henderson and how he, he read those two titles and the way he looked up and with his left peg as well, absolutely fantastic. But it's 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 something we've come to to expect from going on from from last season.
0: Yeah, I
5: remember in a a part that we, we did last season that I said that uh, I believe that Henderson was probably the best English midfielder in the Premiership, and you know I'm definitely sticking by that. He is absolutely fantastic, and he's brought more to his game. Like he's always had that that great engine where he go for ninety minutes but you can see now that he's, he seems to have put on a bit of muscle since the preseason since he came back. You can see his confidence has grown. He's the kind of guy that he knows that he's now part of the team, where in previous regimes he probably didn't feel that way, but he certainly feels it now. And I've also noticed he's on some free-kick duties at times, yeah. so Roger's given him that as well. So absolutely fantastic. Uh, just back, back to Lucas, though. If you don't mind, because I have to get off my chest about I can't let it go about it. Like I got a message on on Saturday night to say that uh, Lucas was starting, and I tweeted it out, and I got my mentions absolutely exploded Going, Lucas, are, are you drunk? Are you on <laughs> drugs? What's yeah. the story there? And I fully expected the following day to get absolutely hammered because I said to myself, "There's no way this guy's starting." Yeah. The, 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 I mean, the guy who told me was supposed to be on a wind up. There's no way Lucas is starting. And when the team was announced. I remember we were chatting beforehand and I asked, I said, look, what what could be the logical explanation that Lucas is starting? And I think the only thing we actually came up with is that he must have some nudie pics on Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> that, that was the only thing we could come up with. But I, I talked that away and I said, well, th- that is very possible that he has that. But that's just big So I, I was thinking, well, can. Had a bit of a knock, so yeah. let's just say that rules him out. Yeah. So that left it a straight choice between Allen and Lucas. And then I think maybe Rogers had looked at that sort of head midfield and saw Wanyam and Schneiderlin, and they're absolutely units, they really are. And let's be honest, Joe Allen, he's fantastic at a lot of things. He's a great passer, great movement, but strength is not one of his strong points. Yeah. He is a slight lad, and he does get bullied off the ball at times. And I think maybe he put Lucas in for that reason, just put a bit of extra strength into that midfield. No, it didn't work out. It didn't work out that way, and I can't see that experiment be carried on into the future. But I think that's the only reason that maybe Roger tried that.
0: Yeah, Chris. Um, haven't haven't seen uh, Jordan Henderson. Um, on the day, was he? Uh, is he the kind of guy that's suggesting himself as a future captain in the club for you?
4: Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to that um, assist first of all, like because I, yeah, I, I literally do. nearly came in my pants, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean seriously that ball went through and I was I was very close to beating
3: one off. Um, <laughs> that would be interesting for the stewards.
0: <laughs> well
4: yeah
3: do you know what I right the, the
4: suspense, So I was joking around that I could, probably could have got Lambertaire.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, there's something no, about look, Ricky it, it, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so yeah but, is, uh, is, he,
4: he, he's a future captain definitely yeah. I mean he's done it at under 21 level for England hasn't he already mm. um, even under when he first signed basically and you know he was playing wide right when he was being getting brought on by Dalglish. I remember him coming onto the pitch and really being vocal when he came on. And that, to me, back then said, said what type of a player and what type of a person he is because he was really not liked by the fans and he wasn't getting many games, yet he, he still felt himself... Yeah. He still felt big enough to come onto the pitch and be like, "Do you know what, lads? We need to do this. We need to do that." And mm. he, he's always had that leadership, those leadership skills. And and now this is, I think, this is going to be his breakout year. So when Gareth Bale did it a couple of years ago, mm. where he just seemed to step up and then he was like, "Oh, I'm faster than you, yeah. and I'm stronger than you, yeah, and I'm yeah, better yeah. than you."
0: Like a realization. That, yeah,
4: yeah, and it's 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 in his head, and I think that this is going to be Jordan Henderson. He's he's literally going to be running one day and be like, huh these are all shit and I'm boss and, 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 and then then we'll see where Henderson can get to in his career but I think his 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 roof is really bloody high
0: yeah that's exciting actually to think there's a, a higher ceiling there yeah go ahead don't must
3: be rubbing off the back of his head because there's, there's a there's a strange <sighs> dose of Rooney going on in the back of his head at the moment I saw you oh, saying God, that during him. the game I don't think that's I think that was just a light trick mate I don't know. I don't, I'll be keeping a look on it. Like, but then again, Zidane had one of them. And if he turns out as good as Zidane, I'll be happy Oh, enough. that's okay then. Yeah, yeah the most that's haircut okay <laughs> at, at Zidane's level, I'll have, have S- it. I, S-
0: actually, speaking of haircuts, Chris, uh, our, our walking little dino-armed haircut, Raheem Sterling, pretty much the most influential attacker on the field. Uh, hmm. And looking like a guy who's going to be able to do it week to week to week, which is really encouraging, isn't it? Uh,
4: Raheem Sterling's just... He's unbelievable. Like He's got the potential to be, and I've I've been slated for saying this, but I think he's got the potential to be the best player in the world. You know Whether he actually gets to that level or not, I don't know, but I think the potential is definitely there. I see a lot of similarities, and it's very early on to draw it, but I watched Thierry Henry when he used to play for Monaco, went over to a game against FC Sosso where they beat them 4-1, mm-hmm. and his, his finishing was absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... When he signed for Juventus, he got a little bit better. And when he came to Arsenal, he just looked like a natural finisher. And I think Sterling's on the same sort of path. When he came into the side, he sort of thought, oh, his finishing's not very good, he's got pace. He's struggling to get back players now once they've got over the speed thing. And ever since, he starting to look like a natural finisher. It was that goal in pre-season against Man City, they got disallowed. And you're yeah. like, he didn't, he didn't think about that. Yeah. He just did that, and that's that scary because that was a worldie.
0: And the goal against City last year, um, you know, the very key goal that he got, where he just basically put them all in their arse. And even then, the one at the weekend, it's just it's clinical, isn't it? It's it's, it's very very yeah. very clinical.
3: It's 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 sexual football, it, it, and it is because you know he he comes onto the ball, and you're expecting him to bury it or something like that, and the nonchalance just to roll a pass, Foster. Foster is waiting for him to do something and he's already got that half a second ahead of Foster, he goes, I don't even belt this, I have this fella on his arse, and he just rolls it. Foster's waiting for a shot, mm-hmm. he, and it's mm-hmm. just, it looks like he's shaping the shoot with, with something, mm-hmm. and he doesn't, he just, he basically rolls the ball, and there, was no, there wasn't even pace in the, in the ball that goes past him, it was just like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was a P-roller? It was, it was and it was, do you know what he reminds me he just looks like someone that's learned so much off Suarez you know I, I thought back do you remember the finish against Newcastle the one that came over the top and he took Jesse. it down and he just, he just walked it into the net right mm. and he had such composure to finish that ball Sterling wasn't even like last year with Sterling. He would have thought a couple of times, and you know there was a couple of times he went through and he didn't score. He hit the goalkeeper or something like that. There wasn't even a flicker of emotion in the way he killed that. It was stone cold killer in terms of a, of a finish. And it was I'm just like I get really excited now. It like I was I, I thought to myself when when Suarez went and went who's going to get me that excited this season? And watching Sterling through pre-season watching him now and he's getting me that excited like mm. you, you, you just know that teams I, I said to you and we, we, we've written as well that you know who is going to give put the, that fair factor the Suarez fair factor into teams and when you look at Sterling play at that level it's like Jesus not, there isn't a single defence that wants to face him because he drifts out wide and when he comes at you at pace mm. he's now controlling the ball at pace it's not bouncing off his knees or whatever he's picking the ball up at pace mm. and going and now it's starting to show the element to finish I don't. I. I, I think, and, and someone can correct me if i wrong, but I think he might have something like six goals or four goals in his last six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last six league games And that's phenomenal we're, Now we're looking at somebody Who's, who's bringing You know uh, rep- Repetition into the in, Into the composure And the brilliance in his finish That's frightening Wasn't you as well That was talking about uh, The idea of
0: driving for the byline And just yep. Knowing that you're going to get there And still at high pace Have the control To cut it back Whatever yep. Sturge does that too And yeah. Sturge brings that too And yep. speaking of Nonchalant finishes uh, Lee That is That was some sexual football That finished by Danny Sturge For a lad who
1: maybe Didn't have the most Prominent matches I don't know. Actually, I thought he barely nicked the thing. Like I, when when Sterling's header came in, I was like, "Did he even get a fucking touch on it?" Like mm-hmm. uh, it turns out he did. Like he was actually just turned his body just enough to direct it into mm-hmm. the bottom corner. It was really good, actually, really deft. Like yeah, uh, yeah. Like as far as you're all talking about Sterling now, like uh, you know, I know I know Chris Ains getting slightly for the best in the world thing now, but without going quite that far now, I keep thinking now, like if that kid keeps his head down and concentrates and he continues at his current going rate of development. Like you know, his his he decides where the ceiling is. Mm. Mm. But Raheem Sterling will decide where the ceiling is. You know, like and that's the fact that he's playing at you know such a high level, constantly starting for a Champions League now. Now Champions League playing club at the age of nineteen, like is fucking phenomenal. Mm. You know, and uh, like as well, I'll drop back to Henderson as well on that one like, because to be honest, like before even just the end of last year, I was his biggest critic. And I was like, I. Oh, I'd actually, I'd gotten very frustrated, you know, I'd fucking, I'd given him a lot of stick for just being a bag of energy and very little else on top of it now, but uh, game after game, he continued to add more strings to his ball now, like, and then that, the, that culminated basically in that fucking assist the, the other day. That was fantastic.
3: But he's shown mm. that. Like if you you look at the two of them, there's there's there's, there's, a, there's a partnership, and you're starting to see blossoming partnerships across the pitch as well. Like Sterling has gone to Storage, I think the second most out of, out of Suarez for assists for goals last year. There's something there between them. There's you know mm. even even Storage's goal, Sterling puts it back into a, a spot where Storage is. Like he, he wins the header, and I like, truly like shit. and it well. wins the header on the pitch, and there's like yeah. there's joints all around him, and that's Southampton back yeah. four, and you know, it, and it's just in the Spot and the, the touch is essential because if it doesn't, Foster picks a, p- p- picks an easy header up off the ground. What he does, the redirection is just takes it too far away from Foster from to be able to re- react again. And you know, it, it's it's it, it. The excitement there, <coughs> while a lot of things weren't right, you can see where a lot of things are going to going to move to and how things are going to be much more fluid and how things are going to be much better. Again, it's the it's something that we're going to have to sort of keep under wraps as well a bit because we, uh, Rogers, since he's come in, the team has been slow up until Christmas and it's just a case of getting points on the board up until Christmas because I've no doubt we'll fly after Christmas as we have done in every season and he was the same when he was at Swansea as a manager as well. So it, it, it's really just a case of grabbing as many points as we possibly can to, uh, until we get to Christmas because we know that the team will push on again uh, the second half of the season comes on. Yeah, Moly, I love I
0: love Danny Sturridge at that uh I'm not having Razor as a nickname for uh, for Sterling, but uh, I do love the guy. And he, to be fair, 36 goals and 50—we've all heard the stat, and we all know that you got to go back to to, to 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 some chap in the 19th century before you can equal it. It's remarkable stuff. Who's i saw him play? Well, I was there for his debut. <laughs> I was there for his debut. He's a good lad. Great attitude. Game. Game lad. Um, Charles, Charlie, Charles. <laughs> the third. <laughs> but anyway, enough about my youth.
3: Uh, <laughs> your youth, your middle age. <laughs> <eight. laughs> Montgomery Bourne's on the mic.
0: <laughs> Molly, um, uh, I've completely lost my train of thought now, thanks to this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking with. Danny Sturridge, listen. If, if I know it's the whole if we can keep him fit thing, but irrespective of whether we can keep him fit or not, this guy is just going to score goals and goals and goals for us, isn't it? We're looking at a guy who deserves to be uh, getting a lot more acknowledgement than he does.
5: Well, when we, I saw that stat over the weekend, that as you said, everyone saw, I didn't realize he scored so much. I really, like, obviously, I know he scored a lot of goals, but I didn't realize his percentage was actually that high. And what impressed me most about him against Southampton is. Let's be honest, he didn't have the best of games. you know. In previous, maybe go back to last season, if he wasn't having a great game, he wasn't scoring. So simply like, you know, he just wasn't. But he didn't have a great game against Southampton, and he still put one in. He was still alert, waiting for that ball to come in and buried it. So, he, you know, he is absolutely very impressive. And you are right, I don't think he gets enough credit from the fans. Like, even last year, it kind of got me a bit that everyone, it was all about Suarez, even when he was bound... Storage was banging goals and the fans were still singing the Suarez song. Yeah. up in up in the cup. And we have to realise we've we a special talent on our books here with this kid. And a guy who is probably I would say happy to stay at this club long term. You know, you couldn't you couldn't you could never say that about Suarez. You can say with this guy, he's been at City, he's been at Chelsea, he knows this is his last chance to be at a big club. And you can see he's putting his absolute all into it. So yeah. he's fast coming one one of my favourite players, instead of storage.
0: Yeah, um, Moldy's talking there about about uh, his standing with the fans, Phil, and uh, we know uh, that the Suarez songs multiple. But we also know a, a friend of the pod has created a, a storage song. He has, not? yeah, yeah, yeah. Full um, man razor. We've thrown it out
3: a few times with you at the the pod as well. It's a so lovely it's thing. A, it is. He yeah. goes full and, scouts and during it. And he does go full scouts during it, even though he is from the north side of Dublin. Yeah, now and I, I will say one thing from right. It, it does get the bounce back in. Yeah, and that is important. I think. I think if storage gets a, a good song going from, yeah. then we'll love him just as much as any other player. I think the song is essential. So. It's like the Maxi Rodriguez song as well. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. something really good. We need. We need something nice and original and something new. Something something that makes us bounce. I'm having rays, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. But But can I just say on on storage, I think that a key turning point in the game is the introduction of Lambert for storage. Because up until then, storage was effectively facing the two centre halves on his own. Right, and they were able to marshal him an awful lot during the game if the ball was coming in he was able to get crowded out of space he wasn't able to get turned and he wasn't able to get shots away as soon as Lambert comes in and you know, you know we've said it we don't know how he's going to fit into the side or whatever right? and Chris I, I, I saw the show as well the the, the the show with Jay and Jack and, and Paul um, mm-hmm. and, and you mentioned it yourselves Lambert was so effective in that goal for not doing much apart from taking up one of the defenders there and it's, it's the pressure on the defender for the initial header um, you know that that's that's how it's a poor header that comes out to Sterling that allows them to put it back in and they're so deep in their own box it means Sturridge isn't actually offside. So you know Lambert needs a bit you know a pat on the back for getting on and making a difference. And I think what it also showed is that Sturridge when he has another forward in tandem with him be it either sterling playing up alongside him or whatever that just can occupy the two center halves that gives him those extra couple of yards that extra half a second of space he 'll score goals he might struggle a wee bit if we leave him isolated in, in, in setting up with say a four two three one and such mm. He needs players in around him to create that little bit of space that he can do his little bit of magic when when, when that comes off. Um, that's- Chris, that fair enough to say? Was was that obvious to see
0: um, 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 live? I know. Well, I think
4: I, I think that's spot on. To be honest, yeah. I think it's um, you know Lambert did come on and and credit to Rodgers because there's not many times last season where he made two stubs, substitutions and really did change the game. Yeah.
0: Um,
4: It's not often that he's done it, but I think Lambert's not going to be a direct replacement for Daniel Sturridge, and I think that's pretty stupid for anyone to think that either. Uh, Lambert's going to be playing either when people sit back really, really deep, because he's actually not really a, a, a target man as such, but ultimately, like, check us with a plan B, do you know what I mean? It was <laughs> That was pretty good in itself, yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. But the way that Lambert did get onto a defender, and, and as, you, as you said, like, it, you know, he, he just creates that half a second of space and that that little bit of doubt in the defender's mind, and Sturridge can, can take advantage of that. But, you know, before that, let's not forget that if Sturridge is central for our first goal, Raheem Sterling doesn't get that space so when he does play up top a lot of his work done in dragging defenders out of position mm-hmm, yeah. and that's what's important with the way that we're going to attack if we do play one up top is that it's got to be Sterling, Coutinho and maybe Lallana or Markovic running into that space
0: mm-hmm. It's funny to watch him on the day uh, even though he had a small amount of time in the field he does look quite laboured in his movement sometimes um, but even if you only just focus on that lovely little cheeky handball and the lead up to the goal, you've got to, you've got to give the kid credit, but talk to me about Phil Coutinho on the day. Um, you talk about plan B, obviously plan A is very much centered around Phil Coutinho getting on the ball and being creative. It didn't happen for him um, at the weekend. Um, and interesting to see that the introduction of uh, that, the, that he had to go off for things to change slightly in terms of the setup. Um, Do you think this is likely to be a feature of the season where, against certain setups, it doesn't work for Coutinho? Uh,
4: I think so, yeah. I think you could see the way that Southampton played with a high defensive line, didn't they? And and deep line midfielders that they did a job on Coutinho, to be honest with them, and they they played him perfectly, in my eyes. You know, I've, I've said on our show that. Rodgers has put him under a little bit of pressure by saying that he's the brains of the operation because with Suarez going, he took up two, three defenders sometimes. Uh, where are those defenders going to be looking now? Well, Brendan Rodgers has said Coutinho's the brains, so yeah. we'll just mark him out the games. you know what I mean? And yeah. It's going to take him a couple of months to get used to that pressure. Mm. I think he's got quick enough feet and he's quick enough of mind um, to get through it and, and, and make himself an influence on the game but it's going to take a little bit of time you know it's going to be a completely different game he's not you know during pre-season he only has to take on one person his feet are so quick that he can do that can he do it against two people in a Premier League match we'll
0: See over the next couple of months, yeah, that's fair enough. Lee, is that do you think that that's that's the setup we're going to see with Phil Catinho struggling maybe in certain setups?
1: Uh, yeah, it'll depend, it will like especially against two a team that play too deep, especially the way uh Southampton did. I didn't think it was even so much a case that Catinho was really like you know bad on the day, it was just it was mostly that Cooman did his homework, yeah, he set he set those pair of dogs on him and they just they they, they, they gnashed the yeah. legs off, him, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. I think very early on, within about within about six seven minutes into the game. Wanyama like nearly after the whistle had gone and actually like, completely thundered through him like, and you'd look at the size of Wanyama—that's like getting tackled by a fucking vending machine. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, like, yeah and, and he was he was there to the ground, and then the only problem you now, what the, if I had any criticism of Coutinho, it wasn't even the fact that he wasn't really able to get on to it. It was just the same, he seemed to he seemed to sort of retreat into himself after he realised that he was getting the rough treatment after Mané. Mm. He just like he didn't really he didn't show himself enough. He thought that. I would think now if a player's actually getting kicked around a little bit, it would actually fire him up a little bit to try and get like to actually just start forcing the issue a little more himself. But he seemed a bit timid after that point. You know, it seemed mm. like he'd kind of like he'd been he'd been kicked and then was went away to lick his wounds. But like. well,
0: to be fair, he has shown a lot, a lot of fight, hasn't he? Like and, and, and strength in developing that, has, that side of his game. He
1: has, and especially in, like uh, last year against City at home as well. Like the fact that he, he had no problem like crashing into Yaya Torre time yeah. and time again. Yeah. Like it just... This time, I'm afraid, it was just was, wasn't one of those days. just wasn't one of those days,
0: yeah. Um, Molly, just to finish this out there on Coutinho, um, how, do you do you picture that uh, that same idea that he might be a sort of guy that's going to come in on certain occasions? Or for you, does he start nearly every game?
5: Well, I, I think really that um, probably Lillana was the guy in Brendan's head that would be starting every game. And Coutinho to come on. But Lallana, then during pre-season, of course, was unlucky to, to pick up the injuries. Yeah. And let's be honest, Coutinho looked absolutely fantastic during pre-season. He looked like an absolute magician. Yeah. And I, I think he's actually giving Brendan something to think about now. Who actually, who is the, the starter? Will it be Lallana or Coutinho? Like over the weekend against Southampton, you're right, he didn't have the best of games. But I think credit has to go to Southampton there. Like you know, they've lost. Was it five five players over the summer, five or six top players over the summer? Yeah, yeah which, starters. They, they were like a team who didn't lose anyone. They really weren't. Their midfielders Schnurl and Wanyam, and James War Prowse was absolutely fantastic. You know, Coutinho didn't get a look in, but either did Gerrard and Lucas. Was like the last puppy on that pitch towards their their midfield. So you know, but every team is not going to play that way against him. You know, because if if they put two or three on Coutinho, which Southampton did that's going to free up space for people like Sterling and storage and Mark which when he comes back into the into the, the, the squad so I wouldn't be too worried about it but it would be interesting what happens when Lilani comes back from injury yeah. who actually gets to nod in that, that side
0: that's one of those nice headaches I think isn't it um, right let's move it along then and have a look at the next fixture coming up for Liverpool which is uh, Manchester City one. nice easy game um, to, to continue the season on a Monday night Uh, I suppose we could start maybe by having a look at the opposition Uh, A bit of a reflection on City's win over the weekend If people saw it, um, what did we see that was particularly significant? Uh, Was it terrifying? Was it uh, reassuring? Uh, Phil, could you start the ball rolling here?
3: Similar to us, um, won the game Weren't particularly impressive Mm. Looked very good up top um, Had issues in the defence and in midfield Could have drew the game with, with, with Newcastle, uh, Newcastle had a couple of good chances. Um, they were strong, you know, strong defending the chances that came up against them. And Company looks like he's back to his imperious form, as opposed to a bit of the dodgy spell he had last season. Um, and you'd be worried if if Zabaleta is fit for the game against us. You know, what type of uh, what 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 he'd be like? You know, coming down if Glenn Johnson was playing on the, on the left uh, oh. in left back there. Yeah. Um. So you know, <coughs> they their city. But they are the same as ourselves. The uh, at this stage of the season, you're not going to find a team that's in full in, in in full throttle mode at this stage. You wouldn't expect it because t- players are going to be coming in and out. You know, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be bits and bobs around the start of the season, with, which fitness arises with. And you know, we sh- we don't go there with any fear. We shouldn't go there with any fear. We have we played them in pre-season um, and with the right team selection going up against them, we can definitely match them. Um, and, you know, if, if we play with our quick counter-attack in football the way we did it last year, there is every possibility that we can get a result there.
0: Yeah, Chris, we, we, we can move on straight away if you like to, to who you think it's going to feature, but that's not a bad point that Phil makes there about, uh, about City being very similar to us in terms of their opening performance. Uh, you know, they could easily have gotten caught there uh, in the Newcastle game. Um, would you be particularly nervous and it, maybe you could start the ball rolling on what changes you might make, if any? Yeah.
4: Okay. Um, I think, as Phil said, they didn't click going forwards. Um, Javatic looked unbelievable in pre-season, but it never quite worked for him in that game. Zecho worried me to be honest because he looks like a man in form, who's confident and and calm in his position in that side now. Yeah. Um. And he's he's not looking over his shoulder anymore to be honest. Um. The spine of their team is just unbelievable, mm. and and that's what that's what made them win the league last season you know from heart to company to Torre and then and then it really it was based on whether Aguero was fit or not but what I think they did better than us and they did it again in the first game is that they just finished teams off yeah. you know what I mean they didn't need to sit, they didn't need to score in the 93rd minute or whatever it was but they don't stop and they don't they don't it doesn't get nervous because they they don't sit back um, but as far as we go and how we um, how we approach it I think um, much as like what Molly said before is that I've got a feeling that he'll put Glenn Johnson at right back right. and I'm not happy about it but I just think that <sighs> it's a bloody big game for Mankilo to come in do you know what I mean or or even like even if Charles fit, I can't see him coming in and making his debut at the Hethard Stadium. Yeah. Um I think it's probably gonna be Joe Allen who comes in it and it'll probably it could even be the same side bar Joe Allen. And I think he might he might even leave Moreno's debut until the game after.
0: Yeah, it would be a big ask for him too, wouldn't I mean, he's still a young kid too, Moreno. I know he's got more experience than Mikeo, but still it's a, as you say, it's a big it's a big step to, for your first match.
4: It is, yeah. Look, uh, you know, M- Moreno's not played in the league. He's not played... With, he's, he's trained with the team, hasn't he, over the weekend. Yeah. Um, but at least Mankino's been here a couple of weeks. Um, it worries me about Glenn Johnson, though, man. Fucking hell. I just... I, I, I literally... I stay up at night thinking about him. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he's, he's there, and I'm just constantly scared. He's like the boogeyman for me. Do you know what I mean? I just can't sleep <laughs> because of the bastard. <laughs> but, um But... I, I, I don't know I think I, I would say Manquilo on the meritocracy that Rodgers ran last season doesn't deserve to be dropped um, if there's one person that comes out for me it's Glenn Johnson from Moreno but I, I just can't see Rodgers doing that
0: Yeah fair enough fair enough Lee um, to continue on from Chris's points there uh, is the most obvious change uh, Joe Allen for, for, for Lucas and uh, would you tamper with the fullback back situation?
1: Uh, yeah I'm afraid it would actually uh, Just um, I'm afraid I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to weigh out the pros and cons of actually taking out two experienced but severely out of form players for yeah, for young lads who probably by all right really shouldn't have to make that debut like that. But I'm afraid I I'd actually be way more nervous about the likes of Lucas or Glenn Johnson just playing the way they are and just completely sneaking up the place rather than I'd be worried about a bit of a, a bit of inexperience getting yeah. to either Manquill or Moreno. Yeah. You know, that these are I'm afraid like I know it's your debut and all, but like this is the kind of shit you're gonna have to get used to when you play for Liverpool. You're gonna be playing against big sides a lot and like especially if they're gonna be playing in the Champions League. Mm. I'm afraid like, you know, I'm not really as opposed to a baptism of fire as many would be. I think that especially as well if um i look I think Joe Allen on merit after especially I think with that performance, the cameo performance that he had against uh, Southampton may he may well have played his way into the lineup for us. city. Yeah. Mm. Um Markovic, I wouldn't bring into it either. I I would definitely leave him out of it. I might I would think about reverting to a diamond though. Yeah, I would think about reverting to a diamond with Sterling up front there now, and uh, with yeah, Coutinho, yeah. Coutinho at the head, Gerrard at the back, and Henderson obviously he has to has to start every game. And one avoid that Joe Allen or if Emerich Chan, I believe, especially because of the, such a the heavy duty midfield the City have. Fernando and Fernandinho are likely to be in behind but yeah, yeah, it's all right going forward and I think to combat the, the sheer energy and athleticism of them we think a lad the size, the size of Chan as well one is capable of getting about the way he is I think that might be that might be key in actually stopping them. Yeah. yeah. But now I would like I'd like to see I'd like to see Manquillo continue I thought he did very very well I think that it, you know he's not too eager to even get forward or anything so uh, yeah i change up the back four and I'd probably I'd probably bring in Joe Allen at least as well. And I know he would I think nearly I don't care what how what level of experience Moreno has, there's no way he can be worse than Glenn Johnson.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, that's what you'd like to do. The likely thing is a different sort of setup. What's likely, Phil?
3: I think the only change likely is that Lucas comes out for either Allen or, or Emmy Chan and on the basis of what we were talking about I'd probably like to see Chan in for this game when he came on against City and I know it was a pre-season friendly but he was able to match up with the physicality when, when they were away yeah. and he gave he gave the City midfield something that they hadn't to deal with, with 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 any Liverpool midfield over the last two seasons because he was knocking their lads around the ball and they were like saying to themselves what the fuck's going on here like mm. who's your man mm. <laughs> who's this powerhouse like do you know what I mean because yeah. he, he he's he's a beast of a centre midfielder he's he's just you know he's he's just powerful the and fucking and And the size, but also the speed he can move at. Like he, he reminds me so much of a young Yaya Toure in terms of size and pace that he has and the ability to run with the ball like if one of the things that we'll all think about Yaya Torre since he's come to England is the way he's able to pick up the ball at the back of a at the, at the back of the middle toward of the pitch and just power his way through to the final toward and create something or get a shot away and you know that to me I'm, I'm looking at it going you know that's what Emre Chan brings to this team as well and effectively you've got you'll have with him you have two Jordan Henderson's two fellas who just can't be physically intimidated on the actual pitch itself and will be the legs and the power around Gerrard which is what he needs as well also frees him up to be able to spray passes and gives him the cover and the defensive cover that we need um, And but if Joe Allen starts I'm not going to be worried because the little fella is, is as tigerish as hell when, when put up to him it's a big game he reacts well in, in big games and is not afraid to go into those situ- situations he's got a lot of you know he's got a lot of real good courage about him in his game that, that goes on and, uh, I, I, but I, I only see the only change possible being Lucas coming out of that team I, I don't think Johnson comes out of the team. Um, and I think Manquillo stays because he's done so well for us in the two games that he's there. He's clearly built up an understanding with Skirtle there uh, on, on the right-hand side. We are limiting our chances that are coming down the right-hand side. And I don't see any reason why we take him out at this point in time. Similar to the way Flanagan got in against Arsenal last year and didn't come out because he didn't do anything wrong. So why would you take yeah. out a guy out who hasn't done anything wrong for us? Yeah. Um, and he's also pacey. The one fucking thing about Manquillo that people have you know, are, are, are copping on to is he can burn rubber when needs to be and if he's up against Colorado for silver, whoever is coming down that line against him, he's well able to keep up with them, and that's so important to us.
0: Yeah, Chris, given that you're a bogeyman, is probably going to start. Um, well, let's go to the midfield area. I just want to talk to you about that question that, uh, that Phil's been bringing up there. I was going to go to the gym during the week and I saw Emery Chan's leg muscles and I just decided to have a biscuit instead because fuck it, what's the point? Uh, for you, is it, is it Emery Chan or is it Joe Allen that, that gets in ahead of Lucas? Because probably one of them does.
4: Look, I can see the merits of Emre Um He's a, as, as was mentioned before, he's a he's a powerhouse of a midfielder. And I think we've needed someone like that to go toe-to-toe with, like your Chelsea's and your Man City's in the league. Um, but I, I'm a real fan of Joe Allen. I think mentally he's very strong. He never gives up no matter what. Look, um, the stick that he got for missing against Everton, was it last season?
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, he just doesn't give up, and he never hides on the pitch and he's, he's a fucking terrier, man. He, he will just snap at people's ankles and, and I really like him and I like what he does with the ball and possession as well. Um, a lot of people talk about he just recycles possession and stuff like that, but towards the back end of the last season, and I think we saw it yesterday as, uh, on Sunday as well, he does like to get forward a little bit as well and um, I'd be happy with Joe Allen and I, and I think he probably deserves it. Um, that being said, Emery Chan's probably the future of that midfield. Yeah, um, And I think he's probably the long-term replacement for Gerrard maybe, bit of a shout, um, in that we won't be playing that deep-line midfielder, I think. And I think it was what someone touched on before, is that we'll have two players who are runners and, and he's box-to-box man and he can, do, he can do a bit of both.
0: Well, well, um, well, well with that in mind then, uh, let's get the ball rolling then with a few predictions. How do you, how do you see that game going? Um, what, what would be your shout for a match for the result?
4: What would I say as the the
0: midfield? No, no, no. Your your prediction for the game, Chris. Oh, prediction? Yeah. Fucking hell.
4: Um, (laughs) I am ever the optimist. So 2-1 to Liverpool? 2-1 Liverpool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. As a question? I was going to say, this sounds so, 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 so convinced. Um, I think
4: we've been doing predictions for like four years on our show and I've never predicted a draw or a loss, so I wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not really very good at them.
0: Good lad, good lad, we love that. Molly, your shout on how you think the match is going to go and if you have anything else you want to say about it because I didn't get to you in the build-up.
5: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm with uh, uh, Phil on I think Johnny James really is going to be Lucas to come out of their side and probably more likely likely Allen to go in at all. Personally, I'd probably have a uh, channel in there. You know, prediction-wise, oh, I'm going to go with Nilal.
3: Nil all, okay.
5: Nil all. i take a nil all right
3: now. Okay. That'd be an interesting one for us, wouldn't it? Nil I, I can't remember the last time we, we had a
1: nil all draw. We don't really do them. No, don't really do them, Lee. Would be interesting? But, how, how are you calling? Uh, I don't know really, to be honest. Like, uh, it, the Eddie had is the Eddie had. You know, like it's not a fucking easy ground to win at. Like hmm. the, I don't know, what, who, who managed the last season? Chelsea was that it? Yeah. Hmm. Like that was it. So like, and I think also that my whatever prediction that I have, I think that correlates directly with how the lineup goes out. I think that is like you know, I think. You're gonna find it very hard to predict a win for us if we put Glenn Johnson out there. You know, like, you're actually presenting a fracture point in the defense of the city. Like yeah. it's like having a fucking scarecrow smoking cigars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, so. that's what Glenn Johnson in that defense is like. But I'm going to uh, fucking hell. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I don't know. I, I can't see a draw either. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say a loss, but oh fuck it 4-0 <laughs> 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 I'm sorry City are full straight at the moment there's no injuries like, oh, best best. I think we'll do is a draw 2-2 score draw
0: okay well I think uh, we win I think Danny Sturridge scores against his old club Phil
1: anything else than my <laughs>
3: weekly prediction of a 4-0 win to City <laughs> what fucking jinx now end up <laughs> that's exactly right thank you for that <laughs> That's how that's how you do, Chris. That's how you do predictions, Chris.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I am Lou Chouare. You are listening to
0: Trippers Chat <laughs> with
5: Trev. <now. laughs>
0: so, Chris, get started. What's your favorite non-swearing swear word? Like he's got fudge there. What what, what would be yours?
4: Oh, Jesus. um... There you go. Not so so much a swear word, but it's more of an insult. Is that all right?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
4: I I like to, you know, I I like to call someone a plum. It's not really very offensive, but like if you say, like, you know, a floppy plum, yeah, comes across quite
0: well. I like that. Yeah, yeah. There's something, something about the sound, but that's brilliant. Molly, you wanted this one as well.
5: Well, my favourite non-swearing swear word, and I have to admit, you're probably more likely to hear it on. Made in Chelsea than you are in the streets of Limerick, but oh, it's a yeah. uh, oopsie-daisy. How do you? I love a bit whoopsie daisy. Show us if you could just drop your coins. <laughs> you're going to the shop. You're like, oh,
0: whoopsie daisy. Molly, I cannot imagine you saying that. that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <use>
5: whoopsie
3: daisy. <laughs> I can see in the middle of the pub now, Molly. You drop your point Whoopsie daisy. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Jesus. or in the are in the
5: sack with ourselves and you know type
3: we'll like, oh, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if Ricky Lambert's head is anywhere close to him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> James asks us. uh he's talking about this this water challenge have you seen this this crack the the, the the, the ice
1: bucket 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 challenge challenge. the water challenge sounds like a bondage game or something (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's not not an area of expertise in mine because I'm I'm far too old for that shit but uh, he says which LFC player past or present would you want to see doing I just want empty ice water over Razor Rolex head personally (laughs) I just uh, that's just a thing I'd like to do anyone else like any suggestions there for that Uh,
5: would do with, uh, with Lucas I suppose. But you'd have to change it up a little bit. Oh yeah. Where you'd have, we maybe have put maybe a towel over his face and then push the ice water <laughs> over the towel. But just switch it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boy. you said Razor Ruddock there now it's yeah. it like he's a past or present now uh, I don't care I thought I was a current Liverpool player now I'll tell you if we're going with former Liverpool players yeah, I'd, like to, I'd very much like to do it with Mark Lawrence and on. I'd like to replace the ice with scorpions <laughs> <laughs> ice scorpions over there the
3: scorpion bucket challenge <laughs> just put his head into a bucket of scorpions <laughs> the
0: other way around <laughs> uh Chris we, next one up just happens to be a serious one for you here you can you can take it whatever way you want it is from Kieran and Kieran's asking about uh the fact that Rodgers hasn't really done as much uh work uh, in terms of turning defenders careers around as he has with the likes of Henderson and Sterling and Coutinho um he Kieran's wondering does he need a defensive coach alongside him
4: Yeah I can I can see why you'd say that I, I... It's a difficult one isn't it because it's it's the obvious shout but the way that we play football I don't know how many defensive coaches would like that and you know and, and could deal with that because basically we just leave the full, uh, the centre backs alone yeah Completely unguarded. So what? You're going to hire Tony Pulis to look after two centre backs yeah. and, and yeah. the entire fucking pitch? Yeah. It just doesn't work like that, does it? Do you know what I mean? It, it's a, it's unfortunately Rogers is bringing an ethos. He's not bringing a formation or anything. He's bringing an ethos with him. Yeah. And that ethos doesn't really include defending. And the players seem to bought into it. The fans bought into it because it's been quite fun to watch. I just can't see us getting a defensive
0: coach. So you think it's just a kind of an, an it's, it's it's almost like a side effect of of the good stuff that we have. Is, is that we have to accept that as a bad thing
4: I, I do yeah. yeah I think you know you've got to get players who are good in space and who, who are, are good at attacking the ball um, and that's why I don't think Skirtle's going to be here forever although you know I do think he's doing well um, I think Lovren's a front foot defender um, Sacco's a front foot defender Uh, I think they're probably the future and they're also good in space when someone's running at them I think Skirtle can be left alone at times
0: um,
4: and hung out to dry and turn
3: quite easily when he's in that space
0: Yeah fair enough Phil Tony Peel defensive coach
3: Free. <laughs> Only for me is that Tony clueless never works in football again. Like to say, yeah, come on, come on in, Tony. You'll be the defensive coach, and, and pu- then stick him in a in a in cupboard, a, in a lock cupboard, it, yeah. right? Yeah, and, <laughs> and throw the key away. Yeah, and then cover up the wall with concrete and burn mm-hmm. the cap. And no, no, leave the peak just sticking out from the concrete, so oh. we know who was there. Very good.
1: Yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah. I, li- I like your t- I like yeah. your thinking of that, Molly. Like uh, like a hand solo, type yeah.
3: <laughs> clueless, just <laughs> up in the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> ho, 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 ho. No, Tony.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Moli, uh, next question is from Andy Davidson. He's wondering, for our last transfer, and it probably is going to be that at this stage, uh, do we go for an out-and-out striker or a winger or a striker? uh, And, uh, you know, will that necessarily change up the formation? Let's use that question to to talk about who you think might be likely uh, targets for us.
5: Well, I think we forget about wingers or midfielders. It's it's an out-and-out striker we're after. That's clearly obvious to anyone. Yeah. And I think it's clearly obvious that Falco is that guy that we're after. Even if are just listening to Brendan Rodgers press conference where he said, look, we're willing to to leave it late and you know, last stage, and, and if it doesn't happen, that means that guy hasn't come available, which basically means Falco's fucked off to Madrid, is what he's basically saying there. Yeah. So I, I think Falco's the guy we're after, and you know I've already signed him on my FIFA 14 team, so I think it's going to happen. Uh, he also sent me an autograph over Twitter over the weekend, so yeah, that one must be in the bag.
0: Yeah, 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 very good, very good. <laughs> uh, any other so, like? Chris and Molly, question for you two fellows online there. Adam's wondering about the correlation between the increased size, uh, sorry, increased price and decreased size of chocolate bars over the last ten years. Have you noticed this, and how much has it upset you? Basically, Chris, yeah, we'll start with you. Fucking up. To be honest, I think
4: it's linked to do with the increase in size of my ass and the decreasing size of my, <laughs> my cock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have to go any further fella if you don't want to <laughs> he's leaving it there he's leaving it there how would you follow that like last question from Paul Murray we'll go around everyone on this um, Paul wonders would you rather go bald or grey and he says that might be a sore subject for some of us I don't know what he means but <laughs> Phil Casey bald or grey go on fella. go on go on. grey fuck yeah Chris, baller grey.
4: Definitely grey. I can't grow a beard, so I, I, I want to look distinguished at some point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair. Molly, baller grey.
5: Oh, Trevor, I'm probably like you, buddy. I'd love to have a choice in a matter, but I'm actually one boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a baller popping grey at the side. So it's, it's, it's desperate.
0: Well, if, you had, mean, a ch- if you had a choice, which one would you plumb for, Phil?
5: Oh, yeah, I'd definitely plumb for grey. Oh,
1: oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> Lee. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I, I've I've actually thought about this since I was 11, and I've been cultivating the I've been cultivating the thought of a Roberto Mancini for a long time, man. I'm afraid that's so. on the way, is it? I'm afraid so, man. There's not really there's not real history of baldness in my family, so like if I if I start going grey, I'm just going all in. I'm just, just dealing with it. A like, nice
0: big floppy uh, mane of grey hair, absolutely, man. Yeah. you're I, you I could not give a shit. I love being bald.
1: <laughs> you're actually grey and bald. My
0: beard is grey.
3: Is That the what's left of your hair. No, no. <laughs> right, that's that's us. Thanks a lot.
0: Okay, we finish with some admin then. As always, we want to mention Astro Park. uh, Five and seven aside football, this is the place to be. So get on here to the website at astropark.ie and book your game. Our own website, lfcdaytrippers.com, is somewhere that you should be checking on to too. You'll be mightily impressed by the content and the work that's being done by the lads on there. Uh, Michael uh, asks... Uh Phil specifically here, there's a question for you, Phil. Uh, it's coming from Michael Mann. He wants you to talk about the economic climate in Sudan, if you want <laughs> to, just for a little bit.
3: Yeah, I suppose they were expecting that the oil production in 2013 when it increased would see a jump in GDP of about 40%, but due to the poor infrastructure states and the ongoing civil war in the country, then yeah. it, it hasn't really happened. And Their, their trade deficit continues because there, there's infrastructural problems and there's also inter-regional problems and they can't get the, the product to market and they, they really, are, really are struggling. They need to sort out the war force before they can sort out <laughs> anything else and if they do that, then the infrastructure <laughs> can come next and they can build <laughs> supply lines. <laughs> that was fucking brilliant.
1: Uh, <laughs> Excellent. <one. laughs> it's like that scene in Old School where Will Ferrell blacks out. Him like, just that, like you know, he just he snaps out of it. No clue what
0: he's talking about. Like <laughs> where that, was I? Uh, that was brilliant. That's that's brilliant. Brilliant research, for You kid, mm. uh, Jake
2: This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why 4 out of 5 new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.